Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. Chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Uh, I don't know if all are aware, but some of you are aware today that the devil does not want God to do what God wants to do in this place. And uh, some of you have already picked up on this. The devil has made it very clear that he would like to thwart or stop what God wants to do for somebody in this house. And uh, after I read this scripture, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray what may be an unconventional prayer for some of you today. But uh, it's biblical. I don't like the devil messing with me or God's people. I don't like the enemy. I don't like the demonic spirits that somebody in hell's hierarchy of authority have dispatched to come to this place to, uh, by various means, uh, stop what God wants to do. And uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, ask me after service. There is a spiritual battle being fought in the atmosphere in this room right now, and we are going to give assistance. This is how it works. We're going to give assistance to God's warriors, the angels of heaven, right now in their battle against hell's forces in the battle that's going on for what God wants to bring to pass in this place. First, let me read Acts chapter 16 and verse 19. It says, And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers, brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, everybody say at midnight. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. One more verse. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, And immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. I'm going to talk to you from this subject today. The God of midnight. The God of midnight. How many believe that we serve the God of midnight? He's a around-the-clock God, always on duty. Let's pray right now. Here's what I want you to pray in your own way. Pray for God's will to be done in this place and in the lives of everyone here and everyone watching online right now. Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you for what you've already done in this service. We know, God, that our eyes cannot see and have not witnessed everything that you've done, the good things that you have wrought in the lives of people who have felt your presence 
all service long. Felt your touch. God, you've answered prayers already that we've prayed, and we praise you for that. We thank you right now for what you're about to do in the remainder of this service and the going forth of your word and all that are going to be set free from their own midnight at midnight by your healing delivering victorious working in their lives. I come against every foul spirit of hell right now that is at work in this place regarding this service in this church, whether it be here on this property or somewhere else in the life of somebody that's watching or being ministered to by this service online. I bind those spirits and I command them to cease and desist everything that they're doing right now against the will and the plan of God. Satan, you have no room and no place in this place, in these lives. And I command you to take your hands off of them right now in Jesus' name. I'd like for you to put your hands together in a praise to Jesus Christ, the God of all gods, the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords for what he is doing right now. Lord, for what you're doing and what you're going to do, we praise you. We exalt you. We magnify you. For you are a deliverer. You do come. You're always coming when you're needed. You're always right on time. You're never late, God. Even at the midnight hour, just before the clock strikes, that the end is here. If that's when you show up, God, you're still there doing what you do best, delivering your people. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to tell you a true story that goes all the way back to the days of World War II. Oh, before I go any further, I do want to say it's great to have the Reynolds with us in service. Brother and Sister Reynolds, we love you. Appreciate you. Give them a hand. God uses them in their own service. And... uh here at Calvary as well. Appreciate them uh, ministering in our absence a few weeks ago. It was a great service, and God used them in a mighty way. Thank you, brother and sister Reynolds, for being willing to be the vessel of the Lord for us here at Calvary. Amen. In Alsace-Lorraine, bordering France and Germany, Advancing American infantrymen met fierce resistance from the Nazi defenders. Progress was painful with house-to-house and hand-to-hand battles. There were intelligence reports that the enemy would counterattack. So at dusk, as the sun went down, an American staff sergeant and his squad occupied a house on the edge of a main street. They preceded or went before the main body of United States troops that were coming at some point, and they were to keep a nervous lookout for a possible counterattack before the main body of troops arrived. Soon their visibility was gone, and although there was no indication of hostile forces in the area, the sergeant nonetheless posted guards at each window of the house. This was a thankless assignment in the dark. But one sentry at the window said he thought he heard rustling noises outside in the street. Immediately, the sergeant contacted headquarters on his walkie-talkie and ordered a flare. 
In an instant, the sky was illuminated, and there, frozen like statues in the pierced blackness, were dozens of German soldiers poised to attack the Americans' house. Panicking, these soldiers scrambled back behind cover on the other side of the street. Then an all-night vigil began. Systematically, the sergeant organized a series of continual harassing techniques involving flares to light up the darkness, intermittent rifle fire into the street, and volleys of grenades that he ordered his soldiers to throw into the street. Until dawn, without let-up, these improvised measures kept the Germans off guard, and with the return of visibility, they still had not attacked. And they never did, because another squad of American infantrymen armed with flamethrowers took them prisoner that morning. I cannot imagine what it would be like to be a, a part of combat involved in a war uh, on the ground right where it's real, where you can lose your life at any moment. There are some people here in this audience who've had that experience, uh, but I, I can only hear stories and wonder with my imagination. As I said, I probably can't begin to imagination really what it's like, uh, but I do know what it's like to be in darkness in spiritual warfare. And I do know what it's like to be in darkness, spiritual darkness, because I'm under spiritual attack at midnight. And I don't like midnight. I don't like midnight in my life. Some of you tonight, you're there right now. It's midnight. You're Park there at the roadside stop of life called midnight, and it's dark, and in fact, it's pitch dark, it's black, and you can't see your way to know which way to go, how to go, what to do. There are some things that I want to bring to you this afternoon in this little attempt to encourage you, some things I want to show you uh, about your predicament. They are very similar to the situation, the circumstances that Paul and Silas found themselves in in this story that we read in Acts chapter 16. They were, uh, quite honestly, arguably in the worst of circumstances that they could be in, beaten, in jail, uh, the outlook was bleak. The, the phrase stripes on their back was more than just a phrase of words to them. They were possibly, quite possibly, staring death in the face. And when you look at it, they were only doing what they were supposed to be doing uh, and got themselves in this mess. Some of you are there today. You're thinking, I, I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. What did I ever do? What on earth uh, caused this to take place for me to get in this mess that I'm in? Let me remind you today that Jesus himself said that the storms were going to come. He said storms would come. Oh, yes, he did. Matthew 7 
and 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Verse 25, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Does it sound like it's a situation that any of us would really choose to be in were we able to do the choosing? Rain and floods and winds and beating. Uh, I, I don't really uh, start out my day on many days thinking I want to go through things like that. In fact, I don't start out any day like that. But we do have a rock to stand upon. Hallelujah. And Paul and Silas found that rock in that jail cell that night. What did they do? Put up verse 25 of Acts chapter 16 again, Brother Terry. Here's what they did in their midnight hour. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. All right, they prayed. I can do that. I've done that before. I know how to do that. But that's not all they did. They prayed and sang praises unto God. And that's not all. Not only did they pray, not only did they sing praises unto God, but they did it in such a way that somebody heard them doing that. Uh, You've got to understand if you're in a place you don't want to be in this afternoon, spiritually, especially spiritually speaking, you've got to understand that the principles that God tells us to live by are different from those that the world lives by. We're not like the world. We're not of the world. We are in the world, the Bible says, but we're not of the world. Therefore, we don't need to act like the world. We're supposed to act differently. We're supposed to think differently. We're supposed to face our midnight differently than the way the world faces their midnight hour. The word says here in this chapter that Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises for deliverance for the victory and here they were bound in the in the stocks and in the chains they were in jail the prison uh, cell door was shut it was locked tight they weren't at least for all practical purposes the way it appeared on the surface they weren't going anywhere anytime soon but they chose to praise God anyhow That is a powerful concept, a powerful principle that God wants everybody here today to get under their spiritual belt and live your life by that principle. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about the fact, could you give me more monitor, brother? Just just keep turning it up till I say stop. No, I'm just kidding. They prayed and they sang praises unto God before they got out of jail. You say, uh, yeah, okay, so what? If you're saying that or thinking that, you're not getting it. Before God answered the prayer, they thanked him for answering the prayer. Before they opened that prison door and walked out a free man, they praised God for that very thing happening. 
And that's what God wants you to do when you get in your own spiritual midnight to praise God before the end of the trial, before the earthquake of deliverance comes. It's so much more powerful than praising him after the trial is over. Let me tell you today, there, there are some scriptures in the Bible that you, you just can't do away with. You can't take them out of the Bible. They're, they're just there. What are you going to do with them? You, you've got to live by them if you want to be a child of God, if you want to be a Christian. And oh, by the way, if you do what they say, what those scriptures tell you to do, you will reap the benefits and the blessings that God's got in store for you. And oh, by the way, the only way those blessings are going to come are by doing what it says in his word. First Thessalonians 5 and 18, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There is no other scripture in the Bible that says it just like that, word for word. Hey, you, Wake up, listen to me right now. This is the will of God for you in every situation, in everything, in every circumstance, the good and the bad, when it's not feeling right, when, when I'm hungry, when I'm sick, when I'm downtrodden, when everybody's forsaken me, when everybody's left me, when I feel like I don't have a friend in the world, right then, give thanks unto God. It's the will of God. Why is it the will of God? Because there is a powerful principle at play here. There is something going on behind the scenes. When you praise God for something that hasn't happened yet, when you thank God and you give him true heartfelt praise and thanksgiving for something that you need him to do, that it looks like for all practical purposes may never happen, that does something to God and it does something to somebody else. Ephesians 5 and 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything, all things. So you mean, Pastor, I, I'm not supposed to just praise God uh, when things are going good. No, you're supposed to praise God even more when things aren't going good. And look at one more thing it says uh, in verse 25. Put up verse 25 again of Acts 16. They sang and they uh, sang praises unto God and, what does it say? The prisoners heard them. Could I tell you something right now? God wants the people around you to hear you praise him at midnight, in your darkest hour. You mean I'm not supposed to just praise God when I'm alone? No, sir, no, ma'am. You're supposed to praise God where other people can hear you. Well, what if it doesn't work? What if God doesn't come through? The only way God isn't gonna come through for you and the only reason God would not come through for you is if you violate a principle, and don't do it God's way. When you do it God's way, God always comes through. He always causes us to triumph. That's what the Apostle Paul said. He always gives you the victory when you do it his way. 
And one of his ways is to praise him in the midnight hour. The definition of midnight simply means the middle of the night. Dark. Gloomy. You can't see. You can't see. When you take away your sense of sight, you limit what you can do severely, tremendously. Not only does it limit you physically in your ability to be mobile and to move, but it does something to you psychologically. Darkness. Darkness has always spooked man. Darkness has always been a trait of horror and, and, and the unknown. Listen, God wants somebody to be touched by your midnight. God wants somebody that you know to be affected by your midnight. He wants them to know that in the middle of the midnight hour, he's still God. And he wants them to see that by watching you continue to trust in God when it's dark, when it's midnight, when things aren't going the way you want them to go. God wants somebody else to know that you trust in him. You've got to let somebody know that he's God of your midnight so that they can let him be God of their midnight. Praise God. I'm going I'm to talk about this principle just a little bit more and then I'm going to let you go home. Let's learn from the word of the Lord today. Let's, let's learn about the relationship between praise and faith. The stronger the faith, the more powerful and reverberating the praise becomes. And vice versa, the stronger the praise coming out of your mouth and out of your being, the more reverberating and powerful your faith will become. Praise is more than just just something we do at church to pass the time. Praise is more than just some point of contact that's a a casual cure-all. It's more than a formula for manipulating God into doing what we want him to do. Praise is a powerful generator of your faith in your life. The more you praise God, here's why. You can't praise God without having faith. And the more you praise God, the stronger and more faith you will have in your life. God said without faith, it's impossible to please him. God says we can't receive anything from him except through faith. If you don't believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, in other words, if you don't have faith in God, and not just that he is, but that he can handle your situation, if you don't have that kind of faith, then God can't help you, my friend. At least he's severely limited in what he can do for you. Faith, it moves us and launches us into an area where we can begin to, and this is the secret to Christian living, our, our faith launches us to the place where we can begin to, uh, to uh, use the Word of God and actively apply it to our life. You cannot move and operate in praise without 
faith rising up within you and motivating that praise that's coming out of your mouth. It's like this. Praise is like a, a, a trigger that releases an explosion of faith on the inside of you. And, and when you apply that praise, then faith will cause the word of God to come alive in you and the revelation of, of God's word and its truth and its, its, its uh, impact on your life will become greater than ever. So praise is like pulling the trigger to activate God's word in your life through building up your faith. According to the Bible, it is absolutely correct to praise God for things that you expect and that you desire for results and promises on the basis of faith. It is exactly, absolutely correct to praise God before the deliverance comes. It is absolutely what God wants you to do, to praise God, to fill your mouth and your life with praising him before the miracle is performed. God is wanting you to praise him before he answers your prayer. Listen, for, for you just to, just to sit back, you know, and fold your arms spiritually and, and, and just passively accept whatever comes your way in life, that, that makes you as a, as a Christian soldier be reduced to, to a spiritual baby because you're helpless. You become a mature soldier in the army of God. You become a mature Christian by exercising the authority and the dominion that Jesus gave us when he left the earth. When he said, I'm going back to heaven, but you're going to be my body in the earth. And everything that you've seen me do, greater things than these shall you do. That wasn't just for those men in his hearing that day. That's for the church today. That's for you and I sitting in this room here this afternoon in Mount Vernon, Illinois. God has commissioned us to go forth and to win battles and to defeat the enemy in the lives of people and in our own life as well. And we do it through praise, activating our faith, and the Word of God. Somebody said one time, let me read this for you. Somebody said, prayer asks, but praise takes. They said, prayer talks about the problem, but praise takes the answer from God. The time to praise God is when the pressure is the greatest, when the valley is the darkest, when the sun is clear out of range and it's midnight. That's the time to use your praise to release faith. That's what gets God to work in your midnight hour. You know what it is? It's your commitment to praise God through it all and in it all, for it all. David, David was continually, this is one of the reasons I believe the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. He was continually giving praise to God. Psalm 61, 
and 8. So will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows. It is clear that David made it a vow that he would daily, every day, praise the Lord. Every day of his life, David was committed to praising God. And it's obvious that his daily vow of praise had built an incredible faith in him. It's what caused him to be able to go onto that battlefield and kill that giant that stood head and shoulders feet, many feet above him. Here, just a boy of 16, he walked onto that battlefield by faith, not because he had started praising God yesterday. He had been praising God out on the, the backside of the, the hillsides where he watched over his father's sheep his whole life. You'd be surprised what living a life of praise would do for some of you here today how it would change your life. David could say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's why he could say, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Why, David? Because I found out what praise does. It gets me in good with God, yeah, but it activates God to go to work on my behalf. And I don't know about you, friend, but sometimes I'm in a midnight that's so dark that I know it's nothing but God that's going to see me through to sunshine again. Let me remind you in this story, the jailer, I didn't read that part, but it says the jailer and his whole household were saved. That simply means this. This is what you need to take from this story, this part of the story with you today. God wants to get glory out of your situation. God wants to do something. God wants to work a miracle, but he has to have a vessel. He has to have an opening. He has to have a background upon which to paint the beautiful masterpiece and painting of a deliverance, of a miracle that he wants to paint in your life. He has to have an avenue through which to do that. And sometimes that avenue is your midnight. The Apostle Paul said, you know what, I welcome the midnight. Bring it on. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in all the bad stuff that's going wrong in my life that you and I want to get rid of as soon as possible. Paul said, bring it on in distresses for Christ's sake. For it's at those times when I am weak, that's really when I become strong. Why am I strong when I'm weak because when I'm weak that's when I can't do anything about the circumstances that's that's when I'm weak and I'm bloody and, and I'm locked up tight in the stocks and I'm bound up and there's no solution there's nothing I can do to make things better in my life when I'm weak that's when he shows himself strong in my behalf that's when he comes to my rescue that's when God is finally free to be God for me at midnight, at midnight, don't despise the midnight. Don't do it. You need a midnight in your life every once in a while. There are some times 
when some of us won't let God be God unless it's midnight in our life. And I'm here to tell you today, he is God of every midnight that you and I will ever see. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what I believe about midnight this afternoon. Here's what I believe. It will show you who you really are. It will show you what you are really made of. It'll show you how much of God you've really got in your life. Though none of us may like to go through that that time, it's in the darkness of the midnight hour that we have things happen in our spirit. God can put things in us. He can do things for us that need to be done that can't be done at any other time than when it's midnight in our life. There are things that God needs to do in you and in me that He can't do when the sun's shining bright and things are going the way we want them to go. You say, well, Pastor, what am I going to do when it's midnight? Sun won't shine. Seems like it won't ever go away. What, what am I... What am I going to do when I can't see what's up ahead and I don't know how things are going to turn out? You do the same thing Paul and Silas did. It's the only thing you can do. It's the best thing you can do. It's what you've got to do. You've got to do it. You've got to praise God. In the midnight hour, praise God. When it's dark, when you can't see your hand in front of your face, and you're so overwhelmed by the unknown. God, if you just give me a little glimpse, I'll tell you right now, I beg God to just give me the tiniest little glimpse at the future and what he's gonna do and how he's gonna see me through this and how he's gonna get me out of this situation that I was in. And you know what he told me? He said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is enough for you my son my grace is enough to get you through it hallelujah you know what some of you need to do today before you leave here you need to you need to do what that sergeant did in that little town somewhere in France you need to start sending up flares of praise and it'll light up your sky. It'll light up your midnight. Praise God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. David said one time, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted? Why are you troubled? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember thee. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. And all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, his song shall be with me. In the night, his song shall be with me. I'm telling you today, God wanted somebody here today to know 
that he is God of your midnight. Anybody can sing when the sun's shining bright. But what about midnight? God wants you to have a song in the night. He wants you to sing it the loudest in the night. Somebody's watching. Somebody's soul may even depend, eternal soul may depend on what you do with your midnight. I'm going to open up this altar and I'm going to invite everybody in the house to come and talk to God. You can talk to them about your midnight or maybe if the sun's shining bright for you, somebody else that you know is in midnight. Time in their life, would you come and pray for them? I think all of us would find a reason to come and pray, whether for ourselves or somebody else. Come on, let God be God of the midnight for you. If you have to ask Him for help. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.